0: Hey, welcome back. Uh, January 22nd was the first day that I published a podcast focusing on this coronavirus. You know, maybe if I look back, there's a podcast episode or two, you know, in the days leading up to that, that I had mentioned it. But that was kind of my foray into this coronavirus talk. You know, a word that I probably hadn't uh, uh, said once in my life prior to, you know, roughly four weeks ago. And yet it seems as though it's everything I'm talking about today. And I hope by now it's evident why that's the case. You know, I even had self doubts, you know, early on when I made, you know, second, third, fourth video think or podcast video thinking, is this overblown? Am I going too far with this? what if this fizzles out and becomes sort of a non event you know not unlike you know Ebola Ebola killed a lot of people and it still is a bit of an epidemic hazard long term it's it's endemic in some areas but it's not a huge concern and economically speaking the impact on markets was pretty minimal you know i asked myself what if this is just ends up like SARS which was bad and certainly had a larger economic impact but still was basically entirely eradicated. To my knowledge SARS does not exist outside of, you know, some some BSL4 laboratories around the world. What if it turns out like that? But I stuck with my and I'm not trying to, you know, toot my horn here. Maybe a a half a victory lap, whatever you want to call it. What I'm saying here is that that I've kind of been consistent on this for many weeks now that that this is a risk that is underpriced. You know, I always said that I always qualify my statements by saying that maybe this doesn't turn into a global pandemic. Maybe it doesn't kill millions. Maybe it ends in thousands or tens of thousands, you know. Um, But economically speaking, the damage has been done. and It will continue to be done because this problem isn't going to be over anytime soon. That, I mean, is basically the gist of what I was saying two, three weeks ago. I think it's even more so the case today, except that base case of this being contained in China... Is is kind of out the window at this point. It's it's a global pandemic, and and the WHO World Health Organization, which is you know behind on things, uh, uh, they announced that quite a while ago. I forget if it's the WHO or the CDC that this is basically a global pandemic, and and we're having more evidence of that now. I mean, we have over two hundred cases in South Korea, a country that uh, you know like two three days ago only had a few dozen cases. Just a huge explosion because they started looking. They started. Testing, they found some community spreading. Some, some, you know, this case of the super spreader in this, uh, you know, cult like church in, in Daegu, South Korea, right? Uh, Iran ends up with with like two deaths and, and some other cases, and and you, you got to think, you know, if, if there's two deaths, there's probably much much more community spreading than anybody realized up until you know maybe two or three days ago. Uh, you know, more cases in in Europe, but again. This is something that, you know, I was I was listening to on my my way back home yesterday, listening to Macro Voices, and and honestly, I didn't listen to their interview yesterday. Uh, I'm sure it was interesting and great, It just, maybe I'm just so engrossed in the current events right now, but I did listen to Eric Townsend, and he was talking about this, and, and he's, you know, it's always great when you have bright minds, like Eric Townsend, very, probably far, far smarter than I am in, on, on all these topics, uh, in terms of the markets, in terms of, of epidemics or, or Chris Martinson probably smarter than both of us on in, in the you know medical realm and whatnot to have them basically saying the same things that this is alarming that this is not being priced into the markets that's always encouraging but what he was talking about was you can't confirm what you're not testing for and that's sort of what I've been saying all along that that either they're not testing or they can't test in some of these countries around the world and and for that reason you're not going to see this coronavirus uh, really make an impact until it is uncontrollable. Until the case count is in the thousands, the tens of thousands, the hundreds of thousands. I mean, think about it. You have a big city. Like, like, name your city. Let's say Mumbai, right? I'll Google real quick while we're talking here. What's the population of Mumbai? It's in the tens of millions. It's one of the largest cities in the world uh, of Mumbai. Eighteen point four one million okay so in a country or in a city of 18.41 million individuals which by the way has has neighborhoods like like many country many countries many cities around the world even here in the united states has entire neighborhoods parts of the city that are just low low income poverty you know the the word slums or even ghettos i mean it's you know ghetto seems i always think that is a little more specific to to uh, you know, World War II Germany and whatnot, but but slums or whatever you want to call it, very low income in a lot of these cities. Um, if there's a thousand cases of a flu-like uh, uh, illness, is that going to register as, as a major outbreak, especially if it's in a low-income neighborhood? No, not necessarily. Especially if you think that maybe uh, uh, three-quarters of those cases are just kind of the plain flu or even just cold-like symptoms don't really amount to anything, right? And that leaves 250 more serious cases. Hey, even if you have 250 dead, you might already have 250 dead each day, if not probably much more, dying from the flu, you know, the seasonal flu, some other illness that's endemic, you know, things like cholera or dysentery or, or you know, those those uh, enteric-type illnesses that are oftentimes spread through, through water and food supply and stuff. This is, I mean, it's an anomaly at that point, but is it an anomaly when you have 10, and by the way, a thousand cases, those 250 serious cases may not be serious until the case counts at 10,000, right? But what happens when you have 10,000 cases, which would occur, you know, within a week or two following that, probably maybe, maybe less, maybe more, depending on how easily it spreads in some of those neighborhoods, some of those areas. Right, you have 10,000 cases, but at that point in time, you might only have a couple hundred, 500 serious cases because the rest of those cases that are going to be serious haven't yet progressed to that, to that um, situation yet. And again, it's, it's sad, but, but people don't care as much about fatalities in poor neighborhoods, poor cities. What happens when you get to 100,000, which again is only a couple weeks away from that 10,000 mark? I mean, this thing has a doubling rate, you know, they say a little bit less than a week. But but I have no doubt that, well, I mean, we saw what happened on on the Diamond Princess. I mean, it it went from, you know, one or a couple cases to like over 600 in the span of two weeks, three weeks. I mean, that's a very fast doubling period. There's going to be some places, you know, I think, you know, rural... Uh, Russia, where it might not spread that quickly, but certainly a, a highly populated city like Mumbai right and so a hundred thousand cases that even might not be enough to register until you know I think you know once it once it gets to that point they 'll be doing some testing you 'll have some wealthier individuals getting infected and they 'll do some testing at these hospitals or whatever and and then you 'll see cases pop up here and there, but it 's already been there for a month plus and it 's already out of control that 's just a that 's just a case example right. Um, but, but anyways, you know, back to what I'm saying here. I mean, we have new cases in Israel. We have new cases in, uh, Lebanon. Uh, we have a whole bunch of those that were flown back from, uh, the Diamond Princess here in the United States. Test positive. A lot of these are in like Oklahoma and whatnot. Um, more cases in Italy. You know, as I said, a huge rise in the case count in South Korea. We have a, a Chinese prison, which reportedly has something like 500 or more cases, I mean that's a nightmare in and of itself. Some of the guards even were were infected, you know, unsurprisingly, in in a prison. I mean, a, a prison is is pretty darn similar to to the Diamond Princess in terms of living quarters, but it's also pretty darn similar to a lot of the living conditions in a lot of these cities. I mean, Wuhan was a. I don't know how many or how large, you know, some of the poor close quarter neighborhoods were in Wuhan, but I'm gonna guess that it's maybe not as pronounced as some of the other cities that the poverty or the close quarters not as pronounced as some of these other cities that this is eventually going to already has spread to. Sub-Saharan African cities. These massive cities inside of India and, and many other Southeast Asian countries, uh, the Philippines, Indonesia. There's a reason I started talking about this when I did and and, and it's, uh, you know, when it's all said and done, I'm sure I'll, I'll wish I had been wrong and that this was just a blip on the silver fortune podcast. And at some point I could say, well, I'm, I'm wrong, but, but it's not heading in that direction. Um, so where does that leave us today? Well, they're starting to test. The United States announced, I think five cities, the CDC, where they would begin testing every, um, every flu-like illness, that has comes back negative on the actual flu test, right? So there's a there's plain old coronaviruses, not you know COVID nineteen that can cause flu-like symptoms and many others, right? Um, but you know COVID nineteen would be one potential ones. So that's five cities. That's something. Now I forget exactly what there were. There's Atlanta. There's one on the the. Uh, the East coast. And then I think the three were on like the West coast, Seattle, I think was the one, maybe San Francisco, Los Angeles, something along those lines. So it's a start. It's a move in the right direction. Uh, but I think it's only a matter of time before we see what's happening in places like South Korea, a place that previously we thought was, was not really affected by, by the coronavirus, um, uh, here in the United States will be very much effective, affected, um, Dozens, hundreds, thousands of cases out of nowhere. It's as though it was spreading and we just didn't even know. And that's, I think, exactly what it's doing in, in many places. And it has been for many weeks. But it's just, again, this going to be a waiting game, um, which, if nothing else, gives us time to prepare financially and, and time to prepare, uh, you know, if it gets really bad in your area. Who knows how bad this is going to get. But certainly, again, going back to the base case, the economic picture just continues to deteriorate. Now, one of the really interesting things that I saw, by the way, the CDC is now warning more about this. The quote, uh, described it, quote, as a tremendous public health threat. They warned that human-to-human transmission in the U.S. is very possible, even likely. Uh, I would go so far as to say it's a certainty, right? It's like back a couple weeks ago when, when, uh, you know, researchers or whatever are saying, you know, we can now confirm that this is a human-to-human transmission that's occurring. It's not, you know, just animals to humans. And I think there's kind of a collective, like, duh. I mean, how do you get to a thousand cases solely from, what, a thousand people eating a, a a whole herd or whatever you can call them of, of infected pangolin? Or bats, or whatever animal this came from, or if it's you know a bio weapon, whatever your opinion is on it, <laughs> I think everyone kind of knew that pretty early on, right? But anyways, the other article that I thought was interesting was from uh, 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 China. China, of course, a ton of criticism, including for myself about their their poor reporting. They constantly are changing the way they they record stats and whatnot. But but this Hu Xijin. Who's uh, I want to say like the editor or something of the Global Times? I forget his exact position, but in many ways, kind of the the uh, kind of belligerent mouthpiece for the for the Communist Party of China. He tweets. Coronavirus epidemic is getting severe in Japan and South Korea. Problems with coronavirus tests in the U.S. may impede full disclosure of outbreak there. Current flu season in the U.S. is serious. Whether it is related to the coronavirus is worth vigilance. Implying that this bad flu season in the U.S., maybe it's the coronavirus. I tend to doubt that we'd see that large of an impact at this point. But he's implying that we're covering things up. And, and I'll be honest, um, that's a real concern of mine eventually. But at this point in time, it's not. And I'll tell you why. Uh, The U.S., it's so much more individualized at this level. It'd be so much more difficult to, in in a country where free speech and freedom of information stuff is encouraged, when we're talking about single or dozens cases, it's, it's pretty easy for... The CDC or a doctor or whatever to to get out on a stage or whatever and say we have more confirmed cases. You know, if we're at thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of cases, then it's much easier for the government to to consolidate that data and then fudge it. But at this point in the game, it's a lot easier for many of these countries, you know, Japan, South Korea included, to we can probably trust these numbers that that they're not confirming a whole lot of other cases outside of what's being reported, if any. Right. Um, and so I kind of dismiss this and it, it probably is a bad flu season um, and it's probably going to be extended and probably much worse because of the coronavirus here in the United States. But I doubt that it's spreading at the scale of the flu, which is, you know, probably millions of individuals in the United States that have gotten the flu already. But I thought that was interesting. Anyways, um try not to to be too down on today's podcast, but it's so true. I mean, we, we this is it's just a matter of time before we wait and see more of these Situations like like South Korea or the Diamond Princess pop up, or the the prison in China, but but a much larger and larger scale. Uh, each day is is sort of up in the ante on the day prior. As always, thank you from the bottom of my heart for watching today's video on YouTube or listening to today's podcast, and God bless.